Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Well, hello, friends. It's Wednesday, April 19th. I'm Doug Fitzgerald filling in for the commander. He'll be back again tomorrow with us. And behind the board, as always, is our executive producer, Johnny Cadillac. Hey, uh, we got some weird weather going on outside. All of a sudden, you step out, and it's really humid so we've got a tornado watch in effect till um tomorrow morning at 4 a.m we want you to be very uh careful we had a meeting actually this morning here at broadcast house talking about if you want to know what's going on with the weather we're going to take we're going to take care of you and keep you informed so stay tuned here if any bad weather comes about we will definitely inform you right now it's 81 degrees outside and then after tonight it's just going to drop like a rock for a while in the 50s and 40s so uh stay tuned to klan and uh, we will keep you updated on all the severe weather action well the General election in Lincoln is just two weeks away on Tuesday, May 2nd, and uh, more important than ever is to be educated about candidates. I think this is so important that you know who the candidates are so that you can get it there and vote and make your vote count. Now, John, I got a question for you. Every show I got a question for you. Have you ever went in to vote and left some races blank because you didn't know the candidate? Uh Guilty as charged is um, I just write down, I just fill in one of the bubbles anyway. Do you? Yeah, even yeah, well, if I don't know them. I've done it before. I mean, there's a lot of rates, even like judges and all that. And if I don't contact a buddy of mine who's a good friend of mine, a lawyer, and he kind of gives me a rundown, I just kind of leave it blank. And um, during the primary, there were hundreds, in some cases thousands, of what we call undervotes. Now, what an undervote is is when you go in, you vote, but for some races, you don't vote at all. And uh, here's the thing. The main reason why people do that is because they just don't know the candidate. That's why it's important to be informed. So I want to encourage all of uh, to get informed, go out and vote. On Monday, we had city council candidates uh, Dr. Elena Newman and Taylor Wyatt on the show. Uh, if you missed it, I highly recommend you go back and check the podcast out so you can learn more about them. You just go to KLAN.com, go to Drive Time Lincoln, um, and you can find all the past episodes there. Then next Wednesday, city council candidate for District Number 2, Tom Duden, uh, he's going to be joining us as well. He's had an amazing career in law enforcement with LPD. He's a private, uh, private investigator, very passionate about public safety, love talking to him and getting his perspective. It's going to be a great show. So I'll be interviewing him next Wednesday uh, on DTL. Well, we've got big news out of legislature today. Um, LB 77 passed 33 to 14, allowing Nebraskans to carry a concealed handgun without a permit. Senator Tom Brewer, who introduced the bill, says the measure guarantees the right to bear arms in Nebraska. And now all they need to do is send it to the governor and have him sign off on it. So uh, that's been long awaited. Personally, I think that's a good thing. That's just my opinion. Um, I uh, think it's good. Uh, good to have that ability or at least the freedom to be able to choose and to protect yourself um you know johnny we had had a spicy show last week where we discussed lincoln public schools yep. and uh, allowing lgbq plus flag cards in the classrooms of all grades and we had callers question the phrase that's on that card all means all and that's kind of where um you know we had the controversy but there was a lot of pushback in the school board meeting last week from parents in regards to that so i thought it'd be a good idea to have state board of education member kirk penner on the show today to discuss some really hot topics and today we're going to be doing that uh with issues that relate to raising and educating our youth i'm going to ask him about the lgbq agenda in schools sex ed standards critical race theory allowing boys to participate in girls sports title nine and a lot more plus we're going to give him a chance to respond 
respond um, to Teacher of the Year Renee Jones' accusation on DTL just a few weeks ago that he's been bullying her. So we're going to talk to him about that in the second half of the show. So, Kirk, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You've been, now, this isn't your first time. I mean, you've yeah. been here before, and I appreciate you spending time because you're from Aurora. Yep. And uh, you, you come here to Lincoln, you're at the Capitol for part of the day, and now you're here with us. So thank yeah, you for spending the time with us. Happy to be here. All right. Well, let's start out. Um, before we dig into all those issues, those hot topic issues, share about yourself, your story, and uh, ultimately how that led you to the passion you have right now in serving on the State Board of Education. Sure. So, uh, again, I'm from Aurora, and I grew up in Aurora, went to Aurora Public Schools. My wife went to Aurora Public Schools, and my kids went to Aurora Public Schools. Um, I grew up in a family of teachers. My in-laws are both teachers. My parents were teachers. I have current Oh, brother-in-law and a niece that are teachers. And so it's throughout my entire family, both sides of it. And uh, I moved back to Aurora from Lincoln. I'm a Wesleyan grad back in 92. Mm -hmm. But Jen and I, my wife, moved back to Aurora and to raise our family primarily because of Aurora Public Schools. And when we did that, uh, I was approached to run for the school board in Aurora, which Mm -hmm. I ended up running and spending 16 years on the Aurora School Board. And what you learn when you sit on a local school board is the local school board doesn't always have control of your local school district. Hmm. And it became frustrating to me um, having verdicts brought down from the legislature or having our superintendent or our principal say, hey, this is coming from NDE. Uh, we've got to do it this way. When, And a lot of times what would happen is you'd have a problem in Lincoln and Omaha and they would just think that it's happening in every school district and the problem then they would make the the change and you'd had to follow that yes and then we'd have to follow that change or that policy because it's it was a a, maybe the legislature passed a law or the state board of education passed a rule so we'd have to to do that and so you eventually you get a little tired of saying hey kirk we can't do it and on top of that Pretty much every school district west of Lincoln does not get any equalization aid. So we mm. in Aurora and western Nebraska and central Nebraska and southeast Nebraska, we get no money from the state. And so they're telling us what to do without funding um, the programs that they want us to do. And, and a good example of it, if you're just talking a, a simple program to understand, is special education. Right. When that first came out, that was supposed to be 100% funded. It's 40% funded. Uh, right now and so from the state and we get reimbursed for that but so 40 percent per school 40 percent of the uh, cost of the not to get into too deep details but of the cost of the special education program so you're supposed to be able to get reimbursed that amount and now we there's a bill in the legislature that hopefully we can get that through that would bump that to 80 percent that's an easy win for taxpayers Um, we were mandated to do it but everybody west of lincoln has to fund that through their landowners and farmers and the and instead of coming from the state since it's a state mandate. So hopefully we get that fixed and I think there's a good opportunity to get that done in the legislature this year. So you were involved 16 years on the school board locally in Aurora, then what caused you to run for the state board? Sure. So, you know, a lot of things I was contemplating running for the legislature and uh, I got a phone call and they switched the districts they redistricted this year and the district that i was in was six and there was a good candidate that was running in that district and i wasn't going to challenge her and five opened up because i got placed into five and so i put my name in the hat on the online application for the governor and 
was one of the finalists and went to meet with the governor and met with them. And, and that's a tough interview. Uh, he's <laughs> very, very smart and uh, very intense. And uh, evidently, I answered the questions properly. And a couple of weeks later, I'm driving to Sydney, Nebraska, to visit my buddy and buy a handgun at one of his stores. And uh, I get a call, and it said, Pete Ricketts on my phone. Hmm. So uh, it was a good phone call. And... Once that happened, uh, off and running, and the first year was quite eventful on the State Board of Education. All right, uh, so answer this for me and, and, and for our listeners as well. What is the overall role of the State Board of Education? Like, what's the underlying role so we understand that? Sure. And then how impacting is the State Board of Education on local school districts? Because if you ran for the whole... Per, one of the purposes to be able to give more control back to the local schools how does that all work together with the state? Sure, <laughs> sure. I know it's probably complicated, but... Yeah, but it, to explain it, just take a local school district. So a local school school district has a superintendent and six board members. So that's for every school district for the most part throughout the state. The State Board of Education is a commissioner who is the head of the Nebraska Department of Education agency. And then there's eight of us board members that are per, uh, elected per district. And I'm District 5. And so we hire and fire the commissioner, which we just hired right. a new one. Saw that. Uh, policy and budget are basically our responsibilities. Um, and so we write rules that dictate, oh, and a lot of it, a lot of what we are, we do is dictated from the legislature too, but we write rules that pertain to, oh, endorsements for teachers, teacher certification, uh, special education. There's 90 some odd different rules and sub rules between those. And that's what we end up doing. So we're kind of the school board over the rest of the school boards, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's 518 and we're talking with State Board of Education member Kirk Penner on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499 3 KLIN. Let's go back to that for just one second. Um, in your opinion, and and you can plead the fifth if you want okay. to, but does there need to be a state board of education? I think it's the right thing to do. Um, I, every every state has a board of education. They're just picked and elected differently. Sometimes the governor gets to pick the commissioner and the board members. Sometimes they the governor gets to pick half of the board members, but not the commissioner. There's a there's a lot of hybrids wow. out there. So this is kind of a pure. Uh, representative republic type of way you do it here in Nebraska, which I appreciate. And I know there's been some calls to get rid of the State Board of Education. But the way we do it is, you know, we're going to the ballot box mm -hmm. for eight districts. And then this, it's just like a school board. So these eight are going to be the the ruling body over the commissioner and the commissioner heads the Nebraska Department of Education. So I think it's the right way to go. Okay. And I believe Jack is going to have a couple of uh, school board candidates for Lincoln Public Schools on over the next uh, few shows. So that'll be good to listen to as well. All right. Well, let's jump in here. Uh, Carney Board of Education. We talked about this before the uh, show started. Just approve a policy that requires middle schoolers and high schoolers grades 6 through 12 uh, to compete accordingly to their biological sex at birth as stated on their birth certificate um, the policy bars transgender athletes from participating uh, based on their gender identity where do you stand on boys in girls sports yeah so that's uh, a simple answer i mean it, it shouldn't even be newsworthy that they had to pass a policy but we're in this state right now or this era that where we have to actually come up with policies to say that you have to participate in your biological sex which is crazy you're not born in the wrong body 
your your sex is determined at conception. There is no question about that. And we need to protect our girls because what is happening, and you see it nationally, and I will tell yep. you, this goes into Title IX, that I've lived Title IX, not myself, but my sister was a benef- uh, beneficiary of Title IX and she played volleyball at Memphis State University in 1984. My wife ran track in college. My daughter played volleyball at the University of North Carolina, Greensboro. Those are those are ways that Title IX has produced. My sister is an international finance major. My wife's a nurse, and my daughter's got her master's mm. in accounting. And if you take that, and you just take those out of it, look at the millions and millions and millions of people that may not, women, that may not have gone to college over the last 50 years, but due to athletics, were able to compete and hone their skills to get a college degree to pay for their schooling. How many doctors and lawyers, how many university presidents, how many congressional leaders do we have because of title nine we've got tons of it mm-hmm. and anytime anybody wants to attack that and anybody wants to see a guy win the 400 meter freestyle or whatever that gentleman won in the ncaa swimming mm-hmm. uh, that is just crazy you're taking opportunities away from riley Gaines, and for us not to stand up and scream that this is not right uh somebody's got to do it and i'm willing to do it uh is there any kind of work in the legislature uh, to deal with that? Yeah, there was a bill, LB575, which was sports, safe sports and spaces. And I don't know if it's going to uh, make it to the floor considering what's going on. But it uh, uh, eliminated guys going into the girls' restroom, and it also mandated that uh, you play your sport that your sex is determined at birth. And I will tell you, if I would have a man go into my little girl's bathroom i'd be i'd be following him right away and he'd be yanked out and uh, we just got to stop that we have to protect our women from this and uh, just because you think you're a woman doesn't mean you are um have you had discussions then with coaches and athletic directors around the state in regards to this topic because i'm assuming i don't know but i would assume that uh, they may not speak up or feel comfortable speaking up if they're not comfortable with that type of action happening where did where do some of these uh, coaches and athletic directors stand on absolutely this? the coaches and athletic directors are wanting to be protected and this is a little bit in carney if you look at carney now they have a policy in place and now the athletic directors and and principals and superintendents have a policy that they can rely on and if that is what they're looking for they do not want to get into into the weeds with this they want it simple most of these athletic directors were former athletes themselves mm. and understand the differences between males and females and the advantages that males have over females there's a reason that the times to get to state are faster for boys in track there are times there are reasons that the high jump qualifying mark is higher for boys and so there's just a lot of things athletic directors and principals and female athletes are on the side of keeping it by biological sex well thanks for letting us start to to dig into some of these issues we're going to dig into more kirk's going to stick around for the second half of the show it's 524 you're listening to drive time lincoln on lincoln's number one news and talk station 1499.3 klin you're getting the 411 from dtl 
with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back to the show. It is 528, 84 degrees outside. We're in a tornado watch until tomorrow morning at 4 a.m., so stay tuned to KLIN for more information. Uh, quick look at Husker sports. The Husker baseball team, speaking of weather, had a crazy night last night. Their game against Creighton, which is a big one, uh, was delayed another, uh, to another date. It's yet to be determined, and it was canceled due to, or postponed due to lightning. Uh, bases were loaded, no outs. Seventh inning, crap, you know, it's like, no, let's finish this game out. So they will at some point, but uh, their next game's coming up on Friday. First pitch at 6, pregame at 5.30. You can hear it here on KLIN, and uh, DTL will be um, half show at that time. Also, we've got the red-white spring game coming up this Saturday. Pregame will start at 11 o'clock in the morning, kickoff at 1. Again, you can hear that right here on KLIN as well. Well, coming up in the second half of the show, uh, we're going to continue to hear from State Board of Education member Kirk Penner. We've had a great conversation. He's been uh, bringing on some uh, good information, good topics. We're going to continue that conversation in the second half of the show. We're also going to give him a chance to respond to the Teacher of the Year, Renee Jones's accusation on DTL just a couple of weeks ago um, that he's been bullying her. So I want to make sure that he has a chance, uh, you know, obviously to uh, share his side of the story so that we know what's going on. All right. Uh, again, weather-wise, it is 84 degrees outside right now. Tornado watch till 4 a.m. and then temperatures will drop to 61 on Thursday. Thursday, 53 on Friday, and 49 on Saturday. Well, up next, we're going to check in with Fox News and then KLIN News with Chase Forder, who does a great job. And uh, we're going to be back in just a couple of minutes. You're listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details. Drive Time Lincoln with the Commander Jack Riggins on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Well, thank you for joining us on your drive home today. It is 538, 80 degrees outside here in Lincoln. I'm Doug Fitzgerald. Filling in for the commander today. He's going to be back again tomorrow. Um, I tell you what, the weather, Chris was just telling us about the weather. We are in a tornado watch until 4 a.m., so just be careful out there while you're driving. And also, key, keep tuned to KLIN. We'll take care of you uh, all along the way. All right, we've been having a great and in-depth conversation with State uh, Board of Education member Kirk Penner. And, uh, Kirk, we got a call um, during the break here uh, from Anna. She's got a question about school security, which I think is a great question. Mm-hmm. So, Anna, uh, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. What is your question for Kirk? Well, I have a question for Kirk, but I also want to give kudos and best wishes to Suzanne Blue. And uh, my question for Kirk is, what is the status of our security and safety for the schools? Great question. Thanks, Anna. We'll, uh, we'll let Kirk answer that. Sure. Uh, in fact, uh, there's a bill 
In the legislature right now, and I do not know the number, but it was brought by Senator Hansen that I've been trying to garner some ESSER funds from the Nebraska Department of Education that are already spoken for. But what it is is a it's a firm that will come in and map every one of your school buildings. So if you do have an incident that uh, happens, that everybody is on the same page, they know which door, they know where everything's at, and it's computer mapped, and it's about a 4 or $5 million price tag. So that is one way to do it. Uh, I am not opposed to armed security guards in every school building, and I'm a Second Amendment guy through and through. And so if we would have some teachers that uh, had the proper training, I have no problem with them uh, carrying a concealed carry gun in, uh, excuse me, a gun in school. I have no problem with that at all. So if there was armed security, is that the, would that be the cost then of the local school district or how is that? How would that you know, they've done it a lot of different ways in different states. Uh, a lot of it is, would be on the local school districts, but that funding could come from the state as well. Hmm. And I'm not sure if there's been a bill that has come forward uh, asking for funding for security guards. That's a lot of buildings. Uh, you know, you may have 244 public schools in this state, but that's a lot more than 244 buildings. And right. so, uh, I like what Senator Hansen's doing. I don't think it's going to get done unless he finds a different way for funding, but it's a way that we could map every school district in this state. Everybody would be on the same page. Everybody would know where the doors are, where the buildings are at, and uh, it would uh, improve response, uh, getting to the scene, no matter what it is, right. fire. It could be anything, uh, and it's a good bill from Senator Hansen from Blair. So if parents have a concern like this, what's the best action to take just to voice that? Local school board. I will tell you, you need to go to your local school boards. First of all, if you're concerned about money, your school board is your number one taxer. Your school district is your number one taxer. And we talk about the cost of education, but if when I sat on the board for 16 years, we rarely had anybody at our school board meetings, and we're mm. the number one taxer. Uh, the only time we had a lot of people at our meetings were if we were going to decide whether we were going to have baseball at Aurora or something <laughs> really? like that. Yeah, so it's... We're the number one taxer, and you need right. to you need to hold your school board members accountable for what what they're spending because it's your money. Yeah, and get educated about, uh, especially the election coming up in a couple of weeks. Get educated about the candidates, and get out there and vote if you mm -hmm. um, want to make a difference. All right. Uh, well, speaking of school boards, the last weekend's LPS school board meeting was a little fiery um, in regards to the LGBTQ plus uh, flag. Um, they have uh, the school board is allowing uh, teachers if they want to to put that up in. Any classroom, K through 12, if they want to. And obviously that uh, brought up a lot of um, parents who actually did voice their opinion at the school board meeting. The phrase on the card means it says, all means all. And here's my question for you, Kirk, because I've talked to a lot of people, and a lot of people say, you know, there's not an, there's not an underlying agenda, Doug. You know, there, it's, it, maybe you're just conspiracy theory or thinking too far out of the box. You're involved with this. You've been involved for, for you can say, decades now mm -hmm. on the state board. Is there an agenda going on to try to influence our kiddos? There are agendas, and it's the outside influence from uh, outside groups, quite frankly. We've got great teachers, and we've got right. great schools in this state. I cannot emphasize that enough, but we have outside influences that happen with the health standards, uh, Planned Parenthood, and, and, so, and some of those groups, uh, Women's Fund of Omaha, I believe was the name of it, that are influencing policy or decisions by schools or even the state board of education and so there are agendas and it just depends on what district you live in uh we wouldn't have anything to do with that in a lot of districts but if your district decides to go that way um you need to speak up at your school board meeting 
But it also brings up another another point is we're having this discussion about school choice and we're having this discussion about you know why such the move for school choice well in my business if i'm doing something that's causing a reaction i need to look at what i'm doing and so they are sure lincoln public schools is sure free to do the flag if they want to do that but when they get pushback don't don't start crying if you're going to get pushback and i want to take my kid out of lps and go to lincoln christian or some other school then don't say i don't know why they're doing it i can't believe it they're being so mean just understand that your actions uh will have some type of result and so if i don't see what i like um and that's that's where the school choice movement is coming and i really think uh school choice they talk a lot about from public dollars going to private dollars i really think the issue is in addition to that is that you don't they don't want public school versus public school so let's say i'll give you an example let's say aurora nebraska aurora public schools goes crazy agenda driven woke and if i was be able to take my money that i give to the school in taxes and yank that out of aurora and take my kid to a different school district there's one six miles down the road called hampton because they're teaching math reading english and all the all the stuff that they should be teaching without the agenda driven uh, ideas aurora would change their tune in a heartbeat because they'd be losing five thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars a student and the market would drive that and so i think the fear is a lot of times public to private but if you ever put public to public against each other mm. you're going to choose some winners and some losers and so it would just be nice if we got back and just started teaching what's, you know, the math. That's I what mean, I was going to ask you about. I'm what should be huge, done in school and not in done in school? I'm a huge career and technical education. I fought for a bill, bill number 610 at the legislature. I testified for it. It's we need to get our nurses. We need to introduce these kids to nursing and arc, uh, ag and plumbing and electrician. We, electricians, we need to do more of that. And that money for me needs to come from the state as opposed to the local property tax owners, uh, local, excuse me, local property tax uh, individuals, because that's workforce development. And workforce development to me is a state issue. It's not an Aurora or a Hampton or a, or a city's issue. It's 545. We're talking with Kirk Penner from the State Board of Education on 1499.3 KLIM. Well, Kirk, let's uh, let's talk about a little controversy you've been involved with. Teacher of the Year Renee Jones recently stated that you've been bullying her, and she shared that a few weeks ago on Drive Time Lincoln. I wanted to give you a chance to respond. Now, here's first of all, before we get into this, I just want, I don't know Renee personally, but from what I've heard and what I've seen and what I've read, she's very passionate and uh, I think authentic in supporting all students uh, from all kinds of backgrounds and all kinds of beliefs. So I don't want to, you know, uh, so I just don't know who Renee, I don't know Renee personally, but, um, you know, there is a controversy going on and I wanted to give you a chance to respond. Uh, she attended, from my understanding, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, she attended a drag queen story hour in Texas uh, at an education conference and stated her support for that, purchased some books for children, uh, uh, inclusive books, uh, uh, teaching about drag queens and all that. And uh, she later clarified that it was for her own kids, not her students, but that's what apparently was shared on social media and out and about. You shared your thoughts on social media as well, and then she uh, said that she received a question about uh, somebody asking her if she was safe uh, because of the tweets you gave that she felt like there was some kind of um, you know, maybe some animosity against her because of this and therefore said that you've been bullying her. What 
First of all, is that correct? Second of all, what is your perspective on this? Sure. So the Teacher of the Year in Nebraska gets a lot of perks. I think they get a little money from the state, and they go all over the place. They go to space camp. They're kind of Nebraska's represent, representative in teaching. And this year, they or last yeah for this for this year, they had three applications for Teacher of the Year. Two of those applicants did not meet all the qualifications, and so our Teacher of the Year was the only one left standing and so she was going to be our teacher of the year so first of all we need to get more candidates and i I already know that there's more candidates for next year so we need to do a better job of getting that word out but you mentioned it in your in your sentence that she went to an education conference where they had drag queen story hour that should be the first red flag and you talked about agendas earlier why are we bringing drag queen story hour into education why are we bringing men dressed as women with oversized everything and scant scanty clothes and all that why are we bringing that in and why is it acceptable to have my five or six or eight or nine or ten year old watch that why why is that even an issue why are we even doing that and so the post that she originally posted she stated here thank you for sharing your joy and encouraging educators to share their authentic selves with our students you better believe I'll be buying a few new inclusive children's books, including the hips on the drag queen go swish, swish, swish. That book was written by a, a gentleman by the name of Harris Kornstein. He's, uh, his drag queen name is Little Hot Mess. And he wrote an article, uh, Drag Queen Pedagogy, The Playful Practice of Queer Imagination in Early Childhood. And he admits in this, the Drag Queen Story Hour is to disrupt the binary between men and women, disrupt the nuclear family, disrupt monogamous marriage, and introduce queer pleasure and desire to children. We have thousands of educators in this state that would never go to this Drag Queen Story Hour. We have public schools that would never bring these types of books into our public schools. And so as I'm sitting on the board, we need to let people know that we need to stop some of this. And for me to use her quotes and be called bullying, it really started when, because uh, I had done that months ago, but uh, when they were having Drag Queen Day at the Unicameral a couple of weeks ago, I was there. I mean, I'm 6'6", six, six, and there were some some guys 6'6 six, six in heels looking me right in the eye, and it's uh, a little interesting, but that was an interesting day there. And I just... I just stated since it's drag, this is on Twitter, since it's drag queen day at the unicameral, we are, we are battling for our kids and this crap needs to stop. And I just retweeted a tweet that uh, Teacher of the Year tweeted, uh, liked from Jane Cleave, the head of the Democrat Party. And that tweet stated, I'd trust a drag queen over you with my kids every day and twice on Sunday. And that, to me, that's bizarre. And if I'm using her own words, uh, to get a point across that we've got to stop some of the agendas happening in the schools and so be it. But these are her words and her like. And uh, if I see stuff like this, I'm going to expose it. Otherwise, parents don't know. And again, your earlier question about are there agendas being pushed in schools? There are. This is an agenda. And you read it, and he's quoted on what his agenda is to have Drag Queen Story Hour. And it's got to stop. And if I see it, I'm going to expose it. So if, if um, would you have responded this way if it would have been a teacher from Aurora? Absolutely. I would have done it if it was I my mean, You know what I'm saying? I would have done it if it was my mom. Because this has no place in education. Drag Queen Story Hour has no place in education. And it's got to stop. 
Do you have any relationship with Renee? I mean, no. do you have you kind of talked about this no. or kind of crossed any bridges or anything? Where do you hope it goes from here? Well, I, I plan on dropping it and uh, not going any further with it. So I, my goal is to have a lot of applicants for Teacher of the Year next year. And uh, we have, I, like I said, thousands of great teachers. I can, nope. thousands of them that would never, ever think it's great to go to Drag Queen Story Hour in an education conference in Texas. Well, a lot of the issues we've been talking about for the last 45 minutes or so, um, we're starting to see teachers getting stressed out. We've got, we have, my wife and I have have teacher friends, great friends, um, that are, they've voiced their stress. Some have stepped out of the teaching community. Uh, and so we're starting to see a teacher shortage because of the burden, both both from agendas, but also just from the um, being overworked, understaffed. Where are we at with um, just helping teachers, getting more teachers to get sure. involved and actually have, you know, have the ability <laughs> so that we don't have this uh, lack of teachers in our, yeah, it's, teachers it's, in our system? It is tough out there. Um, a lot of things causing a teacher shortage. A lot of it's just retirement. Um, some of it, they're just tired of the discipline issues and sometimes it's not back up from administration. I hear that quite a bit. Um, some of it is what they are told they have to teach and it doesn't align with their values. And so the teachers, a lot of times are innocent in this and they are having to teach what they're told to be taught. So some of it back goes to that agenda. Um, but I am working, I'm on the rules and regulations committee with Elizabeth Techmeyer, who is also one of the new members mm -hmm. on the board. And we are working hard on this teacher shortage. It takes too long to get a teaching certificate uh, a lot of times. If you want to go back to school, I'll give you a quick example. Uh, if you've got a four-year college degree in business, right now it takes you 52 credit hours. Say you, so you got that four-year degree in business and you want to get your teaching certificate because you figured out once you graduated, I want to teach and coach. It takes you 52 credit hours in two and a half years and over $10,000 for sure. There's a bill in the legislature that I am supporting. It's Bill LB603 that if this gentleman or this lady has a four-year degree already in that area in business, they could take a content area test to know that they to make sure they know what they're teaching and get that done in a uh, one year and two thousand dollars. Wow! That would increase the pools. We have yeah. tons of stay-at-home moms. Ton of people that are working in a bank with a degree that maybe want to go back into teaching. We have a lot of retired people that would do that, have four years degrees. So I think that bill could be included in the package that's going to get lumped together in education. And it's one of the best bills I see in the legislature. And it's one way we can address the teacher shortage right away. Uh, it's, a, it's a big bill, but there's other things we're doing. We just need to get... It's 2023. We've been doing things with teacher certification endorsements in this state like it's 1980, mm. and we do not have the number of applicants that we need. I know a school district in this area that has three openings and has not had one applicant in two and a half weeks. Mm. And that used to be the time you would have 20 or 30. So we need to do a better job uh, making it easier sometimes for, for the alternative certification. That's one way to do it. All right. So uh, we have just about a minute left. What's something you're excited about for the rest of this year? Well, we hired a new commissioner, uh, Dr. Uh, Brian Maher, and I, I believe we have an opportunity on the State Board of Education to, to make some change. We've got new leadership. Uh, I'm excited to attack the teacher shortage. I'm a, excited to see what we can do when, it, when it's assessments or accountability. Uh, I think we can do some change. We've got, again, 
great teachers in this state, great public schools in this state. We just need to tweak some things and get back to education instead of some of the stuff that's going on from outside entities that a lot of times the teachers and administration do not have control of. Mm. Well, Kirk, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Great information, and hopefully look forward to having you back soon. Thank you. All right. Kirk Penner from the State Board of Education. It's 555. We're going to take our final break and then wrap up the show. You are listening to Lincoln's number one news and talk station, 1499.3 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. Well, at 5.58, it is 80 degrees outside, hot and humid out there. And then we've got a tornado watch on top of that till 4 a.m. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us on Drive Time Lincoln today. Great show with Kirk Penner. I appreciate him coming in uh, all the way from Aurora uh, to kind of share you know all the things that are going on with our education system. I'm Doug Fitzgerald. I've been filling in for the commander. He's going to be back again tomorrow. And then I will be back uh, on Wednesday. We're going to have city council candidate for district number two, Tom Duden, on the show. He's awesome. He's a great guy to talk to, talk about uh, personal protection here in Lincoln as well. Hey, uh, quick look at Husker Sports baseball. I'm telling you what, man, they had a bummer last night because it was top of the seventh. Bases are loaded. They're about ready to, I'm assuming, you know, hit a grand slam. And then lightning hits, and they're in a delay. And I don't know when that game is going to be made up. They don't know yet at this point, at least as far as we know. But it will be. That game was with uh, Creighton, so it was a big one. Their next one is coming up this Friday against Iowa. It's a Big Ten matchup. First pitch will be at 6, pregame at 530. DTL will be a shortened one there. And then, obviously, the red-white spring game on Saturday, kickoff at 1, pregame at 11 here on KLIN. Well, uh, we want to thank Kirk Penner for coming in again for our guest today. If you want to listen to the recording of that show, go to our podcast at KLN.com. Check out Drive Time Lincoln, and there you'll be able to listen to the entire show after it's over. Sports Nightly's up next. You've been listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. We'll see you next Wednesday.